Welcome to the Girls Who Run the World podcast, where we're bringing you inspiring guests who are leaders in their industries. We'll be tackling topics from education and empowerment to diversity and inclusion. Together, let's learn from these incredible women. This podcast is brought to you by Our Gorongoza. We create specialty coffee with 100% of profits supporting people, wildlife, and the planet in Gorongoza National Park, Mozambique. Girls' education is one of our biggest priorities because we know girls have the power to change the world. Just like Beyonce said, who runs the world? Girls! Welcome back to the Girls Who Run the World podcast. I am Emily, and I'm so excited to be bringing you today's episode. And before we get to that, I want to remind everyone to please leave us a review and subscribe. We love you for it. Okay, so today's episode, I am here with Alicia Whitley, who is the marketing director of our Gorongosa. Welcome to the show, Alicia. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So we're going to jump right into the opening segment. Are you ready? I am. What are you most grateful for in your life right now? I would say my support system. I have like a really wonderful family and just like a great group of friends that keep me really grounded, which is nice. I love that. Beautiful. What inspires you daily? So what's something that gets you excited to do the work that you're doing and to keep developing your friendships and love up on your family, all those things. What inspires you? Ooh. Can it be a who or does it have to be a what? You can, it can be a who. <laughs> I think, I mean, the who who inspires me daily is my mama because she's just worked so hard to be where she is now. And I think she's where, as you know, I get a little bit of my uh, fieriness. Yeah, so I'd say just, yeah, that like tenacity that I have is kind of what just keeps me going. I love that. You know, we all need some fire in our life, so it's a good thing. (laughs) What advice would you give to your younger self if she would listen? I always have to- That's a good point. (laughs) I mean, I hope that I would listen. I'm going to say that it's that you can't please everyone and that's okay. I am, as you know, a recovering people pleaser. And yeah, I think I really struggled with that when I was especially like a teenager. And it's something that I'm I'm learning the power of a very empathetic no. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And you really can't please everyone. And if you, if you're, you ever find yourself in situations where you feel like you're pleasing everyone, then you're not being authentic to yourself. So it's a lose, lose really. Right. And I always think of that, the saying that if you please everyone, you're going to disappoint someone. Yeah. And it's, it's always yeah. you and maybe someone else. Exactly. So it's exactly, yeah, yeah it, it's not where we want to be. I love that. Mm-hmm. What's one mantra you like to live your life by? I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. Like in this time, in this moment, this is where I'm supposed to be in life. This is so wild because this is, I wrote this in my journal this morning. No, you didn't. I did. And listen to this. It came up on a you call. You little psychic you. I know. And it came up on a call with someone else today. What? Not kidding. It's so weird. So we are. If, if that's not a sign that we're all three of us are exactly where we're supposed Aww, to be. I, I don't know what is. <laughs> uh, who or what has been your biggest teacher so far? 
I would say travel. Um, I've traveled a lot ever since I was uh, little. And I think being exposed to different cultures and ways of life and people and places from a really young age kind of helped mold me into the person that I am today where, I mean, I like to think that I'm like quite accepting and open-minded. And I think having all those experiences that weren't always comfortable as a kid really, really helped me get to where I am now. Mm. So true. And I think you've done this as well, but traveling on your own, I think, is a very interesting, eye-opening, humbling, I would say, experience. Very humbling. I mean, I I was, and you know this, but a very, very quiet and shy like kid and teenager. And then I decided to go live in Australia for a year by myself. And it's funny how like discomfort, it totally humbles you, but it also, for me at least, really pulled me out of my shell because I I was no longer in a position where like I could rely on like my family or a friend to kind of like do the talking for me like I really had to just like get in there and it yeah it taught me a lot Mm -hmm. absolutely so I wanted to start with a bit about your background just to situate you for those who don't know Alicia yet so tell us where you grew up and what your early life was like I grew up in Langley. So for those of you who don't know, Emily and I grew up in the same in the same town um, outside of Vancouver, BC. Yeah, I grew up in Langley. My parents are both teachers. My mom's Italian. My dad's like parents are from Saskatchewan. <laughs> yeah, I spent a lot of time with like my nono and my nono when I was younger. Um, I have a younger brother named Craig. He and the rest of my family still live in Langley. I live in Vancouver. Yeah, I was always I was always very into. I was quite a serious kid. Like I was silly, but I had I was a very like introspective child. Like I I loved to like sit in my room and like I used to like write air quoting right now books when I was little. Fully thought I was going to be like an author or an artist or something. I think at one point I told my parents that my dream job was to move to Vancouver Island and draw people's portraits on the boardwalk, which probably gave them a heart attack because they thought that I just wanted to be a busker, (laughs) but (laughs) they're very encouraging. There's still time and I still think you should write a book. So I, I don't think we're so far off on that one. No, no. Well, we're getting there. I wanted to jump into a little more specifically your career. So how did you start in your career and how did your passion for marketing Mm. come come to fruition? Well, my dad taught marketing at the high school that we went to. I actually took his class, which was um, (laughs) kind of weird. It's like, what do I, do I call you Mr. Whitley? Do I call you dad? Do I just say, hey, you, and like wave my hand in the air? (laughs) So so that was fun. I actually initially thought that I was going to be an elementary school teacher. And then, but I was taking some marketing and communications classes while I was in university. Um, went to go live in Australia and just like completely switch directions. 
Um, so I came back and I was like, no, nope, no more teaching. I'm, I'm fully going to go into marketing and into communications. And I found out that SFU, which is the university that I went to, had a publishing program. And for me, that just felt like the perfect um, pairing of kind of like the business side of my brain and like the creative side of my brain, which I mean, all marketing is, but particularly in publishing for me as someone who's like such a bookworm, it just like everything kind of just like fell into place. So yeah, I worked in, I got my bachelor's degree and then I worked in publishing for about six years. I, I think I emailed, like cold emailed like 10 publishing houses in Vancouver after graduation being like, give me a job. And this tiny independent publisher on Granville Island gave me a job. I was doing everything from designing book covers to like editing manuscripts. Like it was craziness, but was also like the best boot camp I ever could have had into the publishing industry. So I spent about a year and a half there switched to a larger company, which was, was great. But I think one of the things that I learned working in publishing is how Canadian we are <laughs> and how if I really wanted to build my career and do the things that I wanted to do in marketing for a company, I would need to be somewhere in the States, whether it was San Francisco or New York. And as a Canadian, it's quite difficult to get a green card for an industry that, that that's that competitive. So basically decided that I needed to switch industries and I knew that I wanted to go back to school. So I got my MBA, started working in digital marketing and I just like completely fell in love. Like I just like storytelling, marketing, branding. That's like the stuff that I wake up in the morning and I'm like excited to do my job. Yeah, so I, I met Matt, who's our CEO, and Eric, who was our then COO, through a friend that I had done my MBA with, and I started out with Argonosa, oh gosh, like two years now, and yeah, we're loving every minute of it. Awesome. The rest is history, as they They're say. say. <laughs> so yeah. I know that something you're especially talented in is content. So I would love for you to tell us, first of all, why content matters. Okay. Putting me on the spot. <laughs> it does matter, but can, can you tell us as someone who's really talented in creating content and understands that world, why mm -hmm. is it important? And then if you could share some of your top tips for creating content, for business owners and brands that might be listening. Okay. All right. So content. Um, I mean, the reason why I love content and why I think it's so important is that at the root of it, it's storytelling. It's like whether you're writing a blog post or snapping a photo or posting a TikTok, like it doesn't matter how long it is, how short it is, how professional it is. Like it, even if it's done like in your bedroom or like, at your kitchen table, like it all comes down to telling a story. And as humans, like that's what we do. That's how we communicate. If you think about like cave drawings, Greek mythology, even things like TV and radio, like we build community and we build culture through telling stories that connect us to each other. And 
when it comes to branding and marketing, that's how you resonate with an audience is by telling stories that are going to be able to speak to them on some level. Like you can throw all the promotions that you want to at someone. And unless you're actually connecting with them at a deeper level and unless they believe in what you're like, it's just going to fall flat. Like they need to believe in what you're doing and you need to believe in what you're doing and be able to express that in a way that resonates with them. I think at our Gorondosa, it's been really interesting because part of our storytelling isn't even so much about the product itself. It's about the impact that's being made in Gorondosa National Park. So yes, we want to share as much as we can about like our coffee, but we also want to connect our audience in North America with the people who live and work in Gorongosa National Park where all of the impact is being made. And I think even more than that, connecting them to this wider audience of conscious consumers who are careful about the choices they make and who want to make a difference through their purchases. So I think, especially with Aragorn it has been such a great story to be able to tell because there is there are so many layers and there's so much to it and i just find it really inspiring i love that top top tips yeah so if you could share some top tips maybe just some things that you notice that almost can be easy fixes or easy things that you notice like i said maybe some businesses could upgrade Mm. just some of your top tips for creating really powerful content I would say be you like don't try and be someone or something that you're not because if you as soon as you do that it comes across as staged and inauthentic and you're gonna lose your audience (laughs) know your audience so like telling a good story is half the battle you have to know who you're telling your story to and pay attention to what they like like if you're posting a particular maybe you're posting like a bunch of graphics and you're noticing that your audience really loves these graphics that you're creating and they're like not engaging so much in like the photo or video content that you're creating then go with keep keep producing that like give them more of what they like i think don't do everything there's a lot of pressure to be on every single platform and to be doing every single type of content creation. And it's better to focus on the areas where you have strength and, and on the areas that make the most sense for the type of story that you want to tell. Like if you have a story that's told through video, hundred percent, like create as much video content as you can. If it's something that's better told on a blog, then lean more into your blog, but you don't have to be on, you don't have to be on like every single platform possible because you're just going to dilute your message as opposed to really driving home what that story is on the appropriate channel and be consistent. Don't leave your audience waiting. I think there's again, like a lot of pressure to create all the content and create it now and like get it out as fast as possible. But that's also like a really good recipe for burnout. (laughs) where it's almost better to kind of like start slow and hone your craft and then keep increasing the content from there. It's better to be consistent than to start fast and just like drop off and have people wonder where you went. Yes, those are are great tips. And to your point about 
not being on every single platform or not necessarily needing to be. I think the key there too is back to your tip about knowing your audience. Mm-hmm. So if your audience is of a certain age demographic and that yeah. demographic doesn't typically hang out on YouTube or TikTok or whatever, yeah. then maybe consider skipping that one, right? 100%. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's like, like love Twitter, but doesn't work for every single type of business. And like the number of times when I've had to be like, Twitter is not where our audience is. But some for a lot of people, like more is more like, no, 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 just, just pick, pick the ones where you'll be able to, you know, tell your story the best and reach your audience. Absolutely. Alicia, this has been such a great conversation and I think you've given so much value and so many great tips. And I really want to, before we get into the rapid fire round, acknowledge you for the incredible work you're doing at Argor and Goza in really having that impact that you're having and just being such a light in the world and showing other businesses what's possible. Nice. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Okay. Rapid fire round. A book, movie, film, could be anything like that that's changed your life. Uh, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. Sounds so good. Yeah. If you haven't. It's so good. Joe, who's our general manager, recommended it to me. And it's like, oh, so good. Favorite place you've traveled? Oh, I, I think it's a tie between Madrid and Buenos Aires. Mm, good ones. Yeah. What are you most excited for this year? I'm going to Gorengosa next month. Woohoo! Yes. Send me a postcard. <laughs> I will. <laughs> What's a lesson you've learned recently? Okay, this is going to sound kind of sad, but it's, it's not. It's a good thing. How to be alone. I think how to just be like comfortable, like being by myself and in my own space and knowing that I can fill that space on my own and and don't need to be constantly around other people to feel like inspired and, and fueled. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Last one. Name a woman who inspires you. Oh, I'm going to make it woman. I think like I look at like you and all my other friends who are doing such incredible things with their lives. Like, and especially like with friends who have known them for a long time, like it's been so great to see their journey. And I'm just, I'm in such good company. Like I'm just in such awe of like all the things that they're accomplishing. And yeah, so they, they inspire me a lot. Mm, I love that. Well, thank you. I'll take that. I accept that. Well, again, Alicia, thank you so much for joining us. I hope everyone loved this episode as much as I did. And make sure you send it to a friend if you know that they will get value from it because we love sharing all these incredible women. All right, everyone, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, Alicia. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Girls Who Run the World podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend who would love it. Leave us a five-star review and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. To learn more about Our Gorongosa, head over to OurGorongosa.com and find us on social at OurGorongosa.